Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. And Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Radio Show slash Podcast, episode number 3.26, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Comac, New York. Uh, welcome to the podcast here on July the 5th, 2012. And uh, let's get right to it. Lots to talk about tonight in the world of New York sports. Uh, and of course, we'll have. Uh, Cal in a second, in moments, literally moments, and uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ producing, uh, we believe, from Carlsbad Cavern tonight, because he's he's on his iPhone. And uh, uh, anyway, but uh, without further ado, let's bring in my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in rhyme, my partner in all things sublime, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hey, Bri. Hey, Steve. Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, this is I'm that feel, feel good to be here. Yeah, this is that podcast that we do every week. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a privilege to be here with you once again on it's this an, Thursday evening. It's an honor and a privilege on July the fifth. Let me first ask you, uh, how was your freedom yesterday? Good. We celebrated it. Did you have a lot of freedom? Uh, as much as you can have with two kids. Did you feel independent? I did. You know what I did? What did you do? I rewrote a declaration of war against England. Oh, did you yeah. change it up a little bit? Or I did. did. You just... I put it in modern language. Oh, okay. It was, uh, I, I almost put it in like hip-hop. Like That that would have been appropriate. There were actually a lot of LOLs nice. and uh, smiley faces, emoticons. <laughs> yeah, I texted it. I got it ready for a text. Uh, was it entitled WTF England? <laughs> it was. It was. It was the DOI. Nice. <laughs> uh, I figured that would be a neat exercise, you know? And there was a, I was even able to find a little emoticon with a little American flag, you know, uh, that was shrugging his shoulders, holding an American flag. And I put WTF England. Right. With that little emoticon, little smiley face, holding a flag. How did you uh, did you eat uh, the meats, the grilled meats? Yeah, you know we did the uh, the burgers and the hot dogs and some sausage and peppers. Nice. You did sausage and peppers, nice. 
Well, we went to my dad's. My parents. Oh, so. of course. My dad. Uh, Ralph's always got. He's got to have sausage and peppers. Now. There's always sausage and peppers. No matter whatever occasion it is, it's always sausage <laughs> and peppers. Doesn't matter whether you know whether it goes with anything else. Christening, sausage and peppers. Everything. Right. Arbor, Arbor Day, sausage and peppers. Huh. Graduations. Sure. Everything. Moving up ceremonies. Whatever, whatever, whenever there's cooking involved, sausage and peppers are are in the mix. Okay. Uh, well, I I too uh, partook in the meat eating, uh, and had I felt very uh, independent. I joke and I make fun, but in all honesty, I hope everybody had a great Fourth of July, and uh, watched a little baseball, enjoyed some of the freedoms uh, that are fighting. You know, the men and women of our armed forces provide for us. And also, Fourth of July is a good one for me because I like the Founding Fathers, Cal. Like, I have a Founding Fathers thing. Well, I wouldn't call it a fetish. Don't say fetish. I, if you I, say you were thinking that word. No, I wasn't. I, but I, what I was going to say is I should hope that you like the Founding Fathers because they, you know, they found us. They they kind of set the ball in motion for where we are today. So Right, but I'm a big fan. Like, I'm a big history buff with it, too. So All right. I, I okay. read books on the Founding Fathers. I think this is a, uh, a really misunderstood bunch of guys, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I would love to see the fa- – we were joking a little bit about, you know, Mike Francesa talking, you know, from his Fourth of July barbecue. Right. But I would love – wouldn't it be – wouldn't it have been great if, like, CNN existed when the Founding Fathers were around and they were working on this Declaration of Independence and – you know, I mean, it just, it would have been, and like, Ben Franklin was on Twitter. Like, could you imagine? I see, but CNN might be a bad example to be using these days. Yes. <laughs> they they would have had, uh, you know. Yeah, they're over for, they're <laughs> for two. You know, the, I, the United States did not declare their independence today. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Right. Hold on. Well, we just, we didn't read the whole document. Right. We we only read the first few lines. <laughs> a bunch of stuff about inalienable rights. It was a very common mistake. Right. Um, anyway, uh, Ben Franklin, enormous, tremendous. You can't put Ben Franklin's years up against like he's a first ballot founding father Hall of Famer. You'd have to be. He is right. Like he, like John Hancock. You have to go back and look at the numbers. Well, you know it. It's like the Hall of Fame for me. When you mention the name, whatever the visceral reaction is, that's what they are. Okay. So let me throw a couple of names at you real quick. We'll bring PJ in for this too. Okay. Couple couple names at you. The inaugural class of the uh, Founding Fathers Hall of Fame, right? That's what this would be, yes. So real quick, the Baseball Hall of Fame, the inaugural class was uh, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, uh, I think Lou Gehrig maybe. Maybe somebody yeah. – maybe you can look that up, Cal, real quick. But No, you're right. You, it was Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Walter Johnson, and the fifth guy. There were five guys, right? It must have been, it must have been Pete Best. Pete Best? Because <laughs> that fifth <laughs> guy escapes me. Were you cross-reference, though? Well, look at you. He's always the fifth guy. You cross-reference. That was a Beatle reference out of nowhere. What? We got very meta here. We're about to do a Hall of Fame for Founding Fathers. We're basing it on the inaugural class of the Baseball Hall of Fame, and you throw Pete Best in. What, are you going to come with Stu Sutcliffe next? Listen, anytime there's a fifth, it's always Pete Best. That's correct. Uh, or it's uh, uh, five above the, above the octave, and it's, <laughs> and it's a harmony. That's right. Also the Beatles. Okay, so uh, inaugural class. PJ, welcome to the show, buddy. 
Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi, Paul. This is uh, this, uh, Cal. This is our producer. PJ. Hi, hi, PJ. How are That's you? Right, PJ. You may be familiar Pleasure with to meet you. I was down in the cellar. Okay. Okay. Are, are we doing author tonight? Is that where we're going with? Or? <laughs> hey, Cal. It was a small country. We just had the entire place carpeted. We're talking small. Rhode Island would kick its ass in a fight. (laughs) It's a small island. Um, Okay, Founding Fathers Hall of Fame, inaugural class. You ready? Let's go inside the numbers, all right? Obviously, uh, George Washington, obviously. Yes. Right? No, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, right? No doubt. Okay. Uh, ben Franklin? Locke. Yeah. Locke. Thomas Jefferson? Unanimous. Right. A little controversy there. With what? Jefferson, really? Why, why, uh, why, uh, is it like a steroid era controversy? Is it like a Ty Cobb killed somebody once controversy and a huge racist sort of thing? He, what are we looking at? He dipped his pen in many wells. Ooh. Well, so did Ben Franklin. Yes, but Ben Franklin was like a cad. He was like a man about town. He's got a... I'm sorry, Franklin's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Founding Father. That's a, that's the H-O-F-F-F. Hall of, Hall of Founding Father's fame. Right. I'm going to throw a controversial one at you guys. James Madison? Sure. No. No, not not first ballot. He's not right. He's years later, right? Right. Mm. How much later is is he? Did he? Boy, we're we're gonna show how little we learned. And you I you said no. You it. said James Madison, but my my mental image was of uh, John Adams, so I said yes. But uh, uh, on on further review, I say nay. Yeah, no. Adams gets in. I was yeah, gonna Adams. say Adams next. Adams, huge huge career. Are there sports writers in in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Oh, yes, there's an entire sports writing wing. Oh, well, then we have to put a wing on for uh, David McCullough. All right. Well, just for him? Just We have to I, put him well, in the wing? Well, yeah, you, you you start there. I think he's your first guy in. Who 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 now, why? The guy who wrote, isn't that his name, David McCullough? I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. The guy who wrote 1776 and John Adams... Oh, okay. And so you want to put in the Founding Fathers Hall of Fame, you in, want to put the guy, the screenwriter, who wrote Sam Adams and the, Seven Sam Adams. Wait a minute. I mean, wait. John Adams. <laughs> Let's do a oh, beer boy. Hall of Fame while we're at it real quick. Oh, wait. That's for, that's for later in the show. I need, I need to, to get the fifth guy here on this inaugural class. Sam Adams. John Adams. Well, we got we're going with John Adams, George Washington, uh, Thomas ben, Jefferson, Ben Franklin, Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and Nathan Hale, <laughs> Nathan Lane, not Nathan Lane. <laughs> what? King George? <laughs> no, no, it's got to be. I need a bigger name. John Hancock. The House of Commons. Have, John Hancock yeah. didn't have the career. Well, yeah, but. When, for the next for the next when for the next three hundred years when you're asked to sign something, they use his name. That's true. That he Paul Revere. That's true. 
Does Revere get in? Maybe he gets in. He's not a founding father, though, really. I think he gets in the Boston Hall of Fame. He's like part in of the, the story. The local. That's right. He gets in the local sports team Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah. Right. Local founding fathers Hall of Fame. Not like the like the Staten Island Museum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I, oh look, there's a picture of Brent Spiner in the Staten Island Museum. He played Data. Uh, he played he was, <laughs> What about Alexander Hamilton? He's later. Too much later. Mm, nah, I don't know. They, they, I think the qualifications for the inaugural classes they have. All right, pushed it far enough. Just give me a fifth guy. I'm going John Hancock. It's got to be John Hancock. All right, you want to put your John Hancock on that? I think it's got to be. See what I did? Yeah, I see what you did. You can make a very strong case for John Hancock. He was the president of Congress. I mean, for goodness sake. Did you just did you just Wikipedia that? Yes. By the way, guys, Tangent <laughs> called, and he said you left him behind about ten minutes ago. What? <laughs> I mean, tell Tangent that it's blue. Ah, right. come yeah. on! All right, we got a lot. Uh, we got a lot of sports to talk about. Anyway, Cal, I hope you had a great Fourth of July. Peach, I hope you had a great Fourth of July. And uh, I, I had food poisoning. We'll talk about it on. later. Oh my gosh! Is there, anything, is there anything worse than that? By the way, food poisoning? No. Yeah. Than eating and regretting it? No, not to me. No, I'm not, and I'm not talking about like like a life threatening illness. I'm talking about something that comes and goes. But when you have it, is there anything worse than food poisoning? Right, and you have absolutely no control over no. it. No, no. That's awful. I think maybe the only thing worse than food poisoning is the Mets losing to the Phillies right now. Well, it kind <laughs> of evokes the same feeling of food yeah. poisoning, of nausea. Yes, uh, the Mets are losing. To the Phillies, 5-4. Going to the top of the ninth, Cal, I think? Yeah, there's one out in the ninth. So no, ninth. they so will get another shot. But. They'll get a shot at Papelbon. Papelbon, Bon. Uh, Cal, tonight we're going to talk Yes, we're going to talk about the All-Star game. We're going to do the All-Star game in the fun load. A fun load two and a half years in the making. Uh, we're also going to talk about the NBA and NHL free agency, which is nuts, nutsy pants. Yeah, crazy. Oh, I, I, but you know what? I'm into it, as as Mad Dog would say. You know what? I'm into it, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's definitely something to be into because uh, I'm, I'm even into the. I think I may like the NBA free agency stuff better than the actual season. Well, we'll talk about it later. I've got some, like by a lot. I got some stuff on that. You got some stuff. Okay. Yeah. EJ is going to tell us about his food poisoning, and he has to still tell us how when he was a proxy. Right. Yeah. From last week, that was the cliffhanger. Sure. Also, if he's pregnant, and whose baby is it? The well, the proxy story will, will make you jealous. So. It will make okay. I I have a question. Uh, one last question about the cliffhanger thing. Not one last question. One first question. You should uh, wait to ask it though. Dun dun dun. <laughs> well played. Well played. What will the cliffhanger question be? <laughs> and I will ask it after this. <laughs> squeeb, squeeb, squeeb. <laughs> um, no, my question is, uh, of all the cliched cliffhangers, do you have a favorite? We could go cliched real ones or just like the cliche, like is she 
Is she pregnant and whose is it? We'll find out next season. Or we could do a oh. real one. Obviously, the most famous one of all time is Who Shot JR? Yeah, my, right. my my favorite one is when somebody's on, on one end of the phone and there's a gunshot on the other end of the phone. I mean, that's just the best. <laughs> that's an excellent cliched one. I like that. Cal, yeah. you got a face? Driving off a cliff. <laughs> but wait, I think we know how that's going to end. How many ways no. does that go? <laughs> Not always. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, the person disappears. They escape from the fiery wreckage and uh, are presumed dead. Right. Until the contract has been renegotiated and said actor comes back. That's why it's so. That's why it's so great because it looks like there's no chance. Yeah. How do you get out of that one? Right. And he, he or she jumped out of the car at the last second. You didn't see that. I did not see that coming. Uh, I think my. By the favorite... way, jumping out of a car will kill you dead. Not true. I've done it. Oh, come on now. I've jumped out of a moving car. How about uh, leaving someone at the altar? <laughs> Very solid. Very solid. I I like what Arrested Development used to do, though. Like, they would have, you know, on the next Arrested Development, and it never happened. No, they were, they were, they were fake. Right, they were, all, they were all fake. Like, they never came to fruition. I'm a big fan of the... Uh, the the uh, cliffhanger like uh, from Seinfeld, where like we find out Susan <laughs> find out Susan's dead, and then they come back next season. It's like okay, moving on. That's it. <laughs> like when you the the non acknowledged cliffhanger. Right. How about a how about a paternity result? Excellent. These are all soap opery ones though. I know. A little more. Well, now you know what we watch. What's that? Soap operas. Soap opera. <laughs> I watch Maury. You are not the father. <laughs> Maury. Oh. Did I ever tell you guys my Maury story? My favorite Maury story? Oh. We quoted this for 15 years. Still, I could still call up my buddy Terry and quote the Maury story. We were watching it in L.A. The one day. Story. We had just moved to L.A. So we had no jobs. Like We, we had just gotten our apartment. We're both out looking for like waiting jobs. Um, and so you watch a lot, and we had a literally. Story. I kid Sorry. you not. We, we had a ten. We had a little ten-inch TV because my TV had not been delivered out from New York yet. Adorable. So we would be sitting there watching. This is 1999. So we'd be sitting there watching this little ten-inch portable TV that got three channels. You watch a lot of Maury. So. We're watching it one day, and it's like, you know, baby's daddy and, you know, whatever. A typical Maury show. And this, you know, this, for lack of a better word, you know, this sort of, it's a paternity one. Mm. And this sort of, you know, PWT sort of uh, woman comes out in, in the prerequisite, to the prerequisite booze. And, you know, Maury's like, let's meet her, you know. And she comes out, and she's getting booed, and it's real hostile. And she's doing the typical, you don't know me. You don't know me. Sit down, baby. Sit down. And she finally sits down in the chair. She she, she goes, you don't know me. And she looks right at Maury Povich and she goes, how you doing, Marvin? Marvin. Marvin. And Maury Povich, like, stops dead in his tracks and is like, I'm, I'm Maury. Nice. The show is called Maury. It's right behind you in big 
in big letters. Like, he did, like, the look off to producer. Like, is this for real? Is she kidding? Right. I'm more the name of the show. It's my show. <laughs> how you doing, Marvin? How, how you doing, Marvin? You don't know me. <laughs> Look right at him. We've said that for months. For months. How you doing, Marvin? <laughs> right at him. It's like it's in, it's in big letters right over your shoulder. I don't I don't understand. Anyway. Well, you know, well, you know what? You now um if nothing else, you now have tonight's episode title. How you doing, Marvin? Absolutely. Oh, she was, she was awesome. classic. Like you guys can, if you've ever watched that show for a moment, you can just close your eyes and envision precisely. What oh she yeah. Did. yeah, absolutely. You if don't you, know me. Sit down. I will fight you too. How you doing, Marvin? If you ever end up in a lot of doctors' waiting rooms, I'm Maury. Um, you're gonna find a a lot of Maury and a lot of um, judge. <laughs> You know, Judge, Judge Judy, Joe Judge Brown. Sally, Judge Joe Wendy Brown. Wendy Williams. The, for some reason, in like in hospital waiting rooms and and doctor waiting rooms, uh, at least in Jersey, that's all that's on. That's the only channel they get. Oh yeah, right. Doctor yeah. Oz, <laughs> Judge Joe Brown. Now listen, I'm not taking no baloney. Why? Why is every one of those judges not taking any baloney? Or or not taking any crap, or not Judge Judy doesn't take any crap <laughs> because those she's defendants no will walk all over you. I guess she's, she's no nonsense. Oh, I love it. All right, let's uh, let's do the big unload, boys. Tell your story walking. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. That was That's actually good. a better Judge Judy than Sherry O'Terry did. <laughs> that was solid. Tell your story walking, buddy. Oh, listen, while this is playing, producer's note. This morning, yes. Producer's note. Put it in my inbox. My 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 sound bank here on, on the iPhone does not work, so there will be no clever sound effects tonight. I apologize. I'm sure Cal is heartbroken about that. <laughs> so there'll be no... Uh... Hey, don't spit on me and tell me it's raining. Okay, Judge Judy. Thank you. Okay, Judge Judy. Wow. <laughs> Time for the big unload. Rock side. Marvin. Marvin. How you doing, Marvin? Check out the Marvin Show every day at <laughs> 4 o'clock. Start with the big unload. Ready to unload, big unload. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And I'm going to tell you why we're talking about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Because, uh, as usual, there was a huge amount of controversy with the voting because it's fan voting. Okay, and our own, everybody's favorite son, David Wright, uh, made the all or did made the All Star team, but was leading in the vote to be a starter. And then over the weekend, the San Francisco Giant fans came out and voted in mass, and got uh, Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, got him to be the starter in the All-Star game by like a million votes. Well, the the, so, the, the deficit was 450,000 with two days left in the voting. And he wound up winning by 1.5 million. Right. So Wright was ahead by almost half a million votes. Right. He, the, he, and he lost that, by 1.5 million. Yeah, Sandoval essentially received 2 million more votes than Wright over the next two days. 
and the and the the San Francisco fans acknowledged that essentially they stuffed the ballot box. They came out in mass and voted online and stuffed the ballot box. So we're going to talk all about the All Star Game like from a memory aspect and an enjoyable aspect later. But right now, let me just start here. We've never actually talked about this, Bri, because it, in the two and a half years we've been doing the show, the voting never really affected one of our own guys. Right. Um, how do you feel about – and I, also, I don't know if you caught this over the off day, but I got into it on Twitter with two Giant fans. No, I didn't. Yes. I, you know, I did see your, your tweet about the Giant fans being very sensitive, but I didn't know where that came from. That was after – well, let's backtrack. Sandy Alderson, who hasn't tweeted in two months, <laughs> then comes out with two tweets tweaking – First, the Met fans, okay, tweaks the Met fans by saying a city of eight million was outvoted by a city of eight hundred thousand. So basically, saying bad job, Met fans. And then he tweaks the San Francisco fans and the and the the uh, Giant fans by saying, I guess you know a cute nickname is what gets you voted, you know, All Star starter. I'm surprised they didn't, uh, uh, you know, have the ball dude as the and San Francisco Giant fans went nuts, right? Nuts. I mean, they they went absolutely crazy. So, my first question is: Didn't it used to be a percentage? Didn't it used to be the the? In other words, the fan vote wasn't the only no. thing. No, no, no. It's always been the fan vote. But you got to remember. It, the online voting is is pretty recent. It used to just be ballots, right? Like physical ballots, right? H- hanging chads, right? Uh, okay, but now it's just the fans' vote. The fan vote decides who starts in the game. Who starts in the game? That's right. Now, what what they did was they changed the reserves. So now that the uh, a combination of players and coaches and maybe front office executives, dignitaries, yeah. Uh, ambassadors, uh, also uh, supermodels, right? Past America's Next Top Model winners, they get to also. They all get. Vote. They all get a vote. It all right. counts. No, um, I, I think that having the fan vote be the determining factor for a game that actually matters is dumb. I mean, it's just it's 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 if. You can't have it be the determining factor. You can't. It's dumb. I, I, I can see it being a percentage, but otherwise, the game shouldn't matter then. The game should not determine home field advantage. It shouldn't. So, I, I don't know. Where where do you stand on all this? And, you know, the Giant fans were awfully sensitive, considering they've won a World Series two years ago. Well, what are they sensitive about exactly? They freaked out that Alderson uh, did this and they're bro- to the tune that even their broadcaster, one of their broadcasters tweeted back when Alderson tweeted I'm surprised they didn't elect Ball Dude to start at third base he tweeted back, I'm surprised your city didn't, or your city didn't vote it, or your, te- your fans didn't vote its own player in mm. Mm. like it, it, and that's their announcer is it Dwayne Kuyper? no <laughs> <laughs> he is he is their announcer. He's one of their announcers. I think the guy's name was Fleming, maybe. 
I don't know. All right. Well, uh, how do you where where are you on this? Well, I think I think they're also sensitive to the fact that Alderson fleeced them of Zach Wheeler last year. A little too. bit. So, you know, now now him making a comment is you know, the comments are off limits. Right. Where do I stand on it? I I you know, I agree with you. If the game is going to mean something, you can't really leave it up to the fans. But I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think it's that big a deal either. And and the I raised the ire because I tweeted in defense sort of of Sandy Alderson. I tweeted back to this this guy Fleming. Well, I don't think Met I don't think Met fans thought that a fan base was going to turn it into a junior high school student council election. <laughs> which they sort of had a problem with. Look, it's and, not a, and, and a bunch of fans like came back at me on Twitter. I had like a long conversation with one of them. She was great. She, uh, I eventually got to a place of like, look, calm down. I'm just saying, don't you think Met fans, first of all, are a little bitter. They're a little pissed off that their guy didn't get in. He's having a comeback year. You know, they're having a good season. They want a little, you know, they expected him to be the starter in the All-Star game. You know, and when he was leading by half a million votes on Friday, and then he's not starting the game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, at that point you don't you don't realize. Yeah. He's, How would you gonna... change it? Would you change it, Brian? What's the best way to do the All Star Game, Brian? Because this is not it. Winner gets home field advantage in the World Series. I think I think that that's just, not it. I think that that's silly. I think that's just a gimmick. Okay. Well, I, think. I, I mean, I think. It, it does. It, you know, I, I think that a guy who gets a game-winning hit, and somebody tweeted this earlier this week. Somebody who gets a game-winning hit in the All-Star game controls whether or not two other teams that you know he's not part of the team that that has home field advantage in the actual World Series. It just seems so arbitrary, you know. Yes. Um, it was a reactionary move to the fact that they had a tie a couple of years ago. Right. I mean, I think it's like six, seven years ago now, or five, six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, that? yeah, we're going to make it count, you know. This year, this year it counts or whatever. And also guys were like leaving in the fifth inning. Right. That I don't like. That I don't, I don't like when guys leave early or when they beg out of the game because of an injury. Unless it's legitimate. I mean. But even still, go. Yes. Go oh, no, 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 go. Absolutely. Go to the yeah. game. Yes, 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 yes. Totally agree. Your fans are dying to see you. That 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 part rubs me the wrong way. Well, speaking of, seriously, Matt Kemp, seriously. So Matt Kemp's not going to play in the game, but he's going to participate in the home run derby. Seriously, he hasn't played in two months. Is he going to participate? Or I know he's the captain. Supposedly, supposedly he was part. He's one of the participants. I thought he was just picking the team. Uh, I, I thought he was picking the team as the captain and is one of the participants. You could be right. Uh, look, either way, are you kidding? Are you kidding? And if you're the Dodgers, how do you possibly sign off on this? The guy's been out for two months with a hamstring. Right. And I'm sorry, the home run derby is strenuous. It's not light act. It's not the bunting contest. You know, it's, it's not the sack bunt derby. <laughs> you know, he's trying to jack home runs. Yeah. Like, come no, on I, now. I, I agree. I agree. That, see, that's ridiculous to me. Like, come on, put your team first. 
Right. And it's and and Matt Kemp is supposedly this big team guy. I, I just if he's in the home run derby, which supposedly the other day, Brad, they were saying he was. I, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't surprise me. I didn't know if he was, but yeah, the Do- they were saying the Dodgers don't want him to play in the game, but it's okay for him to do the home run derby. Well, he blows out his hamstring in the home run derby. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Uh, people have gotten injured from that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and it's ruined guys' swings as well. Sure has. All right. All this right Sandoval stuff is, is you know, window dressing for me for two things. One, Alderson, he's got stones, man. Like, I, he, he tweaked the Met fans. He did. He tweaked the Met fans. City of 8 million outvoted by a city of 800,000. That's a direct tweak at Met fans for not coming out to support David Wright. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I buy that though. It is, Cal. How else can no, you take that? No, no, no. I don't know if I buy the fact that the Met fans kind of let David Wright down. I, I don't. I'm not saying that it's necessarily true. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying though, for the GM to, to put that out there, it is challenging a fan base that's been crapped on for four years. You know, for five years. Right. Uh, but I think that's the that's the larger story. And then the other story is that the, the fan voting or whatever. And then he tweaks the Bay Area fans. This is a guy who was the GM in Oakland for, what, 10 years? Yeah. Well, so he, I, he's got a rivalry there, probably. Right. He knows the fan base. He knows Sabian. You know, I just thought that was, I thought that, see, that part I love. Right. That part and, then, and then, of, and then there's the you know even on the Met side the outrage like not the outrage but like the oh my God can you believe what Sandy Alderson said right. <laughs> get a load of this the general manager should he be saying that right. yeah he's, he's honest he speaks his mind I love it I love it well and it comes down to this the Major League Baseball All Star Game and we're gonna again we're gonna talk about it with memories and stuff like that going back later on. But just for this game coming up on Tuesday, it's it's you know you have Tony Larusa who is managing in uh, even in retirement right for the National League. Yeah, well the the Cardinals won the World Series last. Yeah, year. Cardinals so won the World that, Series. It's always the Matt right. That's the rule. Terry, uh, but he's agreed to do it. He doesn't have to. He's in retirement. He could be like you know Abba Fangul. He could. Yeah, tell, but he, but he works for he also works for Major works League for Baseball. Right. So how do you fix this upcoming? Also, game. do you just take the do you t- do you do the first of all? I think we agree percentage fan vote fan vote fan vote a percentage fan vote. It's a percentage. It's not. It shouldn't be the be all and end all. The determining factor for who starts the game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we'll that. There. Cal, Cal, does Pablo Sandoval even get to that game if he doesn't win the fan vote? He, he might six home runs. He's batting three hundred though. He might. But I'm saying, David Wright wins the fan vote, right, is the starter in the game. They're going to take David Freeze. Uh, they probably would take Freeze. That's true. And they don't have to worry about taking a giant because there's plenty of giants. Right, that's what I'm know. saying. Oh, that's the other rule that we didn't touch on. That's still that's still in place. Well, right. But that's, you know, that rule has saved the Mets many years. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. I remember those years with Mazzilli or... John Stearns. Stearns, or did always, maybe Dougie Flynn make one? He might have. 
Well, Stearns was the representative in like 77, 78, and 82. I mean, there were just some awful Met teams. Yeah, they had to take somebody. But at least there was one guy we could watch. That's right. Uh, And Mazzilli, of course, was the MVP of the game, wasn't he? 79, I think, in Seattle. Seattle, he hit the home run. In uh, in the kingdom, I remember Stearns in '82 very very vividly. You do like ve- being very proud of Stearns in '82. That was in uh, Montreal that game. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll get to Carter and Hernandez and Strawberry and Gooden with the white shoes and you know we'll get to all that stuff later in All Star Game memories. Um. But. Does, does, do they still need the one player from every team rule? They still need it. Well, I think so because you know it's, if if you're going to bill it as being for the fans, I think the fans want to. Every team, every fan of a team wants to see one of their own there. So I think that you do need to do that. But wasn't that also in place sort of because you couldn't watch guys, so it was your only opportunity to see guys. Well, that's now true. That, it, it, that's it, gone. It certainly has changed. I mean, between interleague play and, you know, the MLB package and stuff like that, there's, I mean, I can watch Mike Trout play any night of the week. And I do, because... And, and yes, and you, you do. Oh, I have a Trout crush. I've had it for over a year, though. I you mean, have. I, I've had it last year. Well, he's he's the alternative to Bryce Harper. He is. He's like Pepsi. He, he is like Pepsi. And as, as I have always felt, Pepsi is much better than Coke. <laughs> Um. Anyway, so I don't know if you need that rule either. Mm. Are, you, are, you, are you suggesting just a complete overhaul of the... Uh... Absolutely, because it is the only game that... Yeah. The only all-star game in any of the sports that could still be good. Because of the, the way the game is played. You can play the same game. Like football, you can't play a normal football game. Okay, you can't play a normal football game. You can't play a normal basketball game because nobody plays defense. You can't play, uh, and you can't play a normal hockey game because nobody's going to hit each other. That's right. Baseball, you can play a normal game. You know, you you can it, it, so it can be competitive. You know. Uh huh. It can be competitive. Yeah, I don't know what you do, though. You don't make it for home field advantage. How do you make it mean something? You can't. Right. It should just be the best exhibition out of all the All-Star games. Right. If, if I have no problem letting the fans vote in whoever they want to vote in if it doesn't mean uh, anything. Like, the outcome is it doesn't rely on the players that they vote in. Right. Well, that's the problem. You have you have this dichotomy that doesn't work. Right. You have these two existing conditions that don't work together. You have the fans voting in, fans controlling a genuine outcome, okay, that uh, they shouldn't have control of. All right? So, look, all right, we've done the All-Star game. I'm good with the All-Star game. We're going to talk about it later because I have uh, fantastic memories of the All-Star game. From you know being a kid, like being outside playing stickball across the street with my buddy Kev. Oh yeah. And you know rushing in to see the All Star game or being in my backyard throwing a ball up against the wall, and because uh, I used to play wall ball. I don't know if you played wall ball. 
Yes. I I, I spent wall ball against my garage with a hard ball. With a hard ball? Really? Yeah, with a, with a baseball against the brick wall. But the brick wall in my backyard was my garage. So it wasn't – and it was a full-face oh, brick wall. The side of the garage. Right. That's right. right. So it, it wasn't was, hitting it anything that would make a that would make a noise. Right. And, and it wasn't like a garage door that could – No, no, no. That's, <laughs> like, that's how I'm envisioning it. With right, windows I and... No, I wasn't putting perpetual dents in All this right. garage door. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a it was a solid brick wall that was against my garage, so it wasn't the noise wasn't doing anything. And I would play wall ball. I would play innings, like I was on defense. Right. And if I could if I could make the play and then throw it uh, against the wall and hit the box, that would mean throwing the guy out at first base. And anyway, I remember my grandmother coming out then and being like, "They're starting the game. <laughs> the game is starting." And do you want do you want some macaroni? No, let's not make it completely cliched. No, she would come out in her house coat, nice. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm sure she would have given you macaroni if you needed it. No, at that point, you know, it's it's because uh, the game used to start earlier because they you know actually had children in mind. Oh, well, that's true. And you would uh, you'd come out there at you know you come inside at seven thirty. The sun's just going down, or it's still even light out a little bit, and you're all sweaty. You sit down with a, a big thing of soda, because you know who cared about sugar then. Mm-hmm. And little did they know, you know, I'd probably have early onset diabetes. I mean, they don't know these things. Hey, well, I don't. Thank goodness, but let's hope not. Yeah, sit down with a huge mug of Pepsi. You know, <laughs> a big bag of chips, wise chips, nice, and uh, and watch the ball. Wise, yeah. With my my grandma Irene in the is uh, my grandma Irene sitting behind me on the couch with a cup of coffee, smoking about fourteen cigarettes. Throughout the course of the game. Just right there in the living room. Were you sitting on the floor? Oh, yeah. Yes. Did you put your Met hat on? Of course. To watch the game backwards? I did not only put my Met hat on. I put my Mazzilli pajamas on. I had number 16 Lee Mazzilli pajamas. Right. So you would get in the PJs. I didn't have a Met jersey till uh, 85. That took you that long, huh? My first... Well, this is money. You know, no, and, and really nobody you really want to commit to yeah, <laughs> before true. then. I mean, you figure 85, I'm only 11. Guess, yeah. what, number, guess what number I got? Oh, uh, in 85? It wasn't, I can tell you right now, it had my name on the back. It had your name on the back. That's correct. Um, and it wasn't Kingman 26? It was, not, it was not 26. No, because I, it was 85. That's right. Might have been eighty four. Uh oh, jeez, who could have been? Hernandez seventeen? Nope. Huh? I was not a big Keith Hernandez fan until like eighty eight, when I read If It First. Oh, okay. His uh, his fantastic uh, baseball book that you can still get. By the way, okay. if anybody's thinking of a last minute gift idea for me, yeah, for what? Anything. Okay. Last minute. Earth Day. Anything. Uh, was it Strawberry, 18? Number 11, Cal. Number 11, Kelvin Chapman. That's correct. For Kelvin in Chapman. In 1984. That's correct. You know what I had? I had a, um, I took a white t-shirt. Oh, I Hanes. did that. I did do that. Yeah, I made a Danny Heap shirt. 
Did you make it 25? Yeah, with the, yeah, and I did the orange and blue down the side, and that was a nice one. I think me and McWalters probably made a Kingman t-shirt, without a doubt. In yeah. fact, what a great memory, Cal, because that was like an arts and crafts thing. Right. That my grandmother would have us do, like on a summer day. Uh-huh. Like, why don't you guys make Met t-shirts, you know, make Met, you know, jerseys with more. Right. And Kev, far more artistic than me. His was, like, awesome. Like, he actually wore his for, like, months. <laughs> Mine was, like, a one-wear debacle. Yeah, but and you were proud of it. I was. We definitely made a Kingman for that, and I probably made a uh, Sweet Hubie Brooks for that. Sweet Hubie Brooks. Yes. Number seven. The other, the other thing I know that I had was a Kingman. Again, it was a T-shirt. It might have been one of those, um, you know, the baseball three-quarter sleeve, the white yeah. shirt with the blue sleeves. And then I had the Met logo on the front. Right. And then Kingman twenty six on the back. Tremendous. But they were, but they were iron ons from the flea market. Oh. You go to the flea market and they do the iron. Oh. Put it down, press it down, comes up. It's the rubbery number. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, I had one. They're of those. press on, right? I had uh, three Islander ones. Oh, on nice. Market. I had Bossy. I had Smith, and I may have had Podfin. I think Scott had Trottier. Kev had Nystrom. Kev may still have his Nystrom blue three-quarter sleeve. You know, press-on, patch, Islanders on the front, and felt letters, Nystrom, 23 on the back. Nice. He may still have it. <laughs> he was great like that. His, his his Met t-shirt cow was so good, he did pinstripes, and it worked. Oh, that see, I didn't even try that. Like, he put the pinstripes on with a ruler. That's impossible. That's how good his was. <laughs> he may have even done the circle logo on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like with the skyline. Oh, good you went all out. All right, we'll, we'll talk more All-Star Game later. I want to talk about NBA and NHL free agency, Brian. Okay. I want to do that. Before we do that, should we ask PJ about the proxy thing and then do that? No, you know what? We're rolling. Let's stick with it. No, stay stay where you are. Stay stay focused. By the way, uh, spoiler alert, the Mets won that game. Yeah, they did. Mets came back and won that game with two runs off Jonathan Papelbon in the ninth. Yeah. Um, so you're back on board then. I'm back on board. I don't know if you saw me reacting. I did play see reacting. You didn't see me reacting. I was watching it on uh, Quick Pitch as well. Oh. Uh, so, uh, yes, they, they get a rally going in the ninth. Starts with an Ike Davis double to lead off the inning. Uh, then two outs. Jordani uh, Valdespin has a good at bat, draws a walk, or hit by pitch. He gets, but he, but he gets a full count. He, he works an right. 0-2 count back to 3-2, then gets right. hit. Right, 3-2, gets hit by a pitch. He go, he then steals second. And then Ruben Tejada walks. Then Murphy gets a base hit to drive in the tying run. And David, MVP, should be starting third base in the All-Star. See, Listen, it does come full circle. It comes full circle. And, and three for five with a home run, four RBIs, the game-winning RBI yep. in a series... Uh, clinching win. Right. They get back to seven games over 500. They have three games left before the break against the lowly Cubs. Here's a cliffhanger for you, because I don't want your answer right now. I want it later. All right. When we do the Mets. I'll give my answer when I'm good and ready. 
All right, so if you want to give it now, that's fine. But I think, you know. Did you ever get that, by the way? You, uh, yeah, I would always get something when the other person was good and ready. Well, my mom was a big good and ready person. Yeah. All right, you, Stephen, you'll get that when I'm good and ready. Right. I'd be like, what? What is that? What? What does that even mean? What do you mean when you're good and ready? You're either going to be good, or you're going to be ready. Why is it both? Good and ready. Yeah. Um, David Wright is he a legitimate National League MVP candidate? I'll give you my answer right now, Senator. My answer is this: nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate if you. No, yeah, of course he is. He absolutely is. Absolutely. Uh, is he is is? Can you make an argument that he is the leading candidate right leader, now? Leader in the clubhouse. Could you make that argument halfway through the season? I could certainly make the argument. I don't think he is. Okay. I think he's in the top three. Fair enough. I, and I think he's a strong, strong contender. He's hitting 350. He has a 450 on base percentage. He's got 11 home runs and 60 RBIs after the four tonight, or 59 RBIs after the four tonight. Okay, in a lineup where Ike Davis is hitting 201. But but can an MVP be an MVP if he doesn't start the All-Star game? I don't know. You'll have to ask the San Francisco Giant fans that. Maybe they'll nominate uh, Kung Fu Panda MVP, too, while they're at it. You can't do that, but he's a, they'll, he's, they'll he's, try. He's definitely a – he has to be. Who are the three guys in the National League? It can't be Kemp because he's been on the shelf for two months. So it's not Kemp. I'm sorry. It's not Kemp. Uh, it's Joey Votto. It's uh, uh, McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. And it's and David it's right. Wright. Yeah, those are your three. Those are your three. I love that they bailed out Dickie again tonight too. By the way, um, yeah, you know what? For once, it's it's not he, but he's bailed them out so many times. They bailed out of the Yankee game too, though. He didn't take a loss in that game. No, they did. You're right. They came back they, and tied that game. No, for twice then, for twice. It's about time. Right. They did it but again. and you know what? He gutted through seven innings. You would have liked to have seen. Uh, well, let's not get into it. We're going to talk about the Mets and the Yankees at the break in a couple minutes. But okay, uh, they did win that game. <laughs> Very nice to see. This team is. I'm telling. They're not going anywhere, Brian. They're not going anywhere. I'll tell you why when we talk about them at the break. Okay. To be continued. There, there's your cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great... That, that, what is that a good name for? What? Cliffhanger? Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger would be like the... Not, uh, not a porn name. No, he, he could be like a uh, middle reliever for the Texas Rangers in MLB The Show. That's right. Let's go to to Cliffhanger. Would that that not be a great name for a closer? No, because Cliffhanger would imply that he just gets beat up constantly, hanging Uh, hanging curveballs all day long. Oh, no, no. I think Cliffhanger is a guy who always makes it interesting. All right. Right? So he's the closer. He always makes it interesting. That's true. And you never know how it's going to end. Frank Francis. That's right. You don't know how it's going to end. Frank Francisco could change his name to Cliff Hanger. Cliff Hanger. That's not bad. Did you have a uh, my favorite all time porn name? You know, you're supposed to do your what? The street that you lived on. Your first pet's name in the street you lived on, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Let's bring PJ back in for two seconds. Oh, perfect. Talk about 
the NHL All-Star game and stuff. I always loved my... Hi, Peach. Whoa, what did... Peach, you okay? Did you, did you bring me on to talk about... I'm being evacuated from the building. Are you, <laughs> are you at the Liberty Bell? What happened? Uh, there's fire trucks outside. <laughs> and I'm going to have to do the rest of the show from my car. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hold on. I'm standing on West 45th Street. Uh, I don't see smoke. Cal, we have a situation developing on West 45th Street. Let's go to our man on the street, uh, PJ Kachopo. PJ, can, it, is everybody okay? Uh, yes, but that doesn't mean they're not rousting us. Let me just remind you, PJ, this is where Pulitzers are won, my friend. PJ, I don't yeah, know if you can hear me right now. <laughs> PJ, if, if you can hear me, is there panic in the streets? Um, no. Uh, there are hookers, though. A follow-up to that question, is there panic at the disco? <laughs> I'm going to, uh, they're, they're just peacefully moving me down 45th Street. I'll be at my car any second. But you had a question about pornography? <laughs> Is that why you brought me in? <laughs> yes, we wanted to uh, to ask, we were just talking about uh, the the name, Cliff Hanger. Like somebody, like right. a, ball player, a ball player named Cliff Hanger. And then we were talking about uh, what, you know, your porn name is supposed to be your pet's name and your street Correct. My my uh, my poor name is Pudgy Carlson. I'm sorry. Did you just say Pudgy Carlson? Pudgy Carlson. My 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 first dog's name was Pudgy, and my street was Carlson Avenue. So I'm uh, Pudgy Carlson. That's me. Pudgy Carlson. That's magnificent. Uh, if if right, if there, I mean, there is no better name for me anyway. Did that dog have a complex? She was cute and pudgy. <laughs> Did she have issues though? Like she really? Like really with the kibble? You're having the kibble right now? Pudgy. Let's talk. She She was the kind of she was the kind of dog we would eat uh rib steaks for dinner and then my dad would gather up all the bones from the rib steaks and give this dog a plate of uh rib bones. <laughs> And you wouldn't see her for the next two days. Right. Sheesh, Pudgy, you have let yourself go. I'm, you've got... You've, you've really... It's swimsuit season, Pudgy. Come on. Put the, put the rib bones down. That was a down. good dog. Pudgy called That's right fantastic. There. Cal, what's, uh, what's yours, Cal? It's your... It's, uh... Well, which dog are we talking about? The one that hung himself? <laughs> or the one that bit my sister? Which would you consider your first dog? We're doing that again. Uh, Rusty Shelbourne. Rusty Shelbourne's not bad. I like Rusty, it. Rusty Shelbourne. Mine always uh, required a little explanation. Uh, <laughs> only because uh, it, it involves quotations or quotation marks. So we, too, had two dogs, both of which very happy, neither of which hung themselves. Uh, one was poison, though. On purpose? Jeez. Yeah. We are convinced that uh, she was poisoned by a neighbor. 
who didn't care for. Oh. Uh, but my dog was Duffy. So mine is Duffy, quotation marks, old, Indian head. <laughs> because I grew up on <laughs> Indian head road. Oh, so, I like that. so like yeah, like old is like the nickname. Like he's a. I always pictured my porn guy as like a salty veteran of of the porn movie industry. Duffy, old Indian head. Indian head's a pretty good last name for a porn star. Pretty. Good. I like that one. Pretty good. Uh, now that we've you know tackled one of the most hackneyed, uh, you know, ridiculous uh, things. Uh, cliffhanger is a great name for a closer. How about top five reasons to say that's what she said? <laughs> you mean top five top five placements of that's what she said? I mean, if we're going to do if we're going to do all the old hackneyed uh, routines, let's do that one. Right. I think uh, you know what though. I think. Uh, what do you call it? I think that that's what she said has come back around. I think it's come back around to like not be like you can use it and really be effective with it. Effective. Yeah, I think I think it's I don't think it's I don't think it's hackneyed anymore. I think you can get a legitimate, genuine laugh with it now. Boy, Steve, the board meeting was really going south till you whipped out that that's what she said, Joe. <laughs> that saved it. That's same. Oh, you're day. going places. <laughs> All right, I I I understand you hold people to a higher grade of comedy, Peach. So I apologize. Uh, higher standards. That's why you're yeah, no, nobody. Nobody's allowed to use awkward me, anymore around you. Yeah. Paint me about the uh, paint me as the elitist, please. <laughs> you are a comedy elitist. You've always been. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like bad. All right, fine. There's a place for them, though. Hey, look. You know what? If if you can get a that's what she said and get a laugh on it, I'm all for it. I agree. But I don't. But I don't think it's come back around. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank I you, Kevin. I don't think it's, it's reassumed some great former throne. You don't think it's back in the pantheon of, of fantastic little quips? It was never near the never near the pantheon. Maybe it held the door open to the pantheon. How about pantheon being back in the pantheon of uh, overused <laughs> overused words? Pantheon, paradigm, random. Par- oh, par- you know you know what my least favorite is, guys. Surreal. Oh, you don't like surreal. Oh. Overused, you think? A overused. B. It's it's almost as if somebody who has to use A and B to make points all the time. Hmm. Wait. Yeah, that would be weak. What? What? Wait. I I know a guy. These are these are the overused uh, words of of the uh, last two or three years. Surreal is yeah. definitely one of them. Is this an official list? You're gonna give us? Yeah. Are you are you are you sanctioning this? Pop culture PJs, uh, overused words. Surreal is on the list. Look, I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> You'll let it go. <laughs> I think we lost him. I hope he's okay. 
There was no, a situation. I'm, I'm here. Wait, are you out of breath walking to your car? Is that what's happening? I'm a you little overweight. <laughs> you, you have a treadmill in your house the size of a Buick wagon. Like I have a problem staying in shape. <laughs> Cal, they have a treadmill. I, he needs to take a picture of this and put it on the website. I think it's the largest treadmill in domestic captivity. Like it's it's the it's the it's it's like the Jurassic Park, like spared no expense on this treadmill. You know how many? Actually, it's, I, it's a it's a tandem treadmill. Two people can use it at once. He's not kidding. I was gonna say, you know how many items of clothing I could hang on that? <laughs> Since that's what mine is used. You know you know how much you know how big a load of wash I could put on that thing. Boy. Cal, he had to get a license plate for this thing. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. Peach, I'm I'm demanding that you take a picture. And now you're out of breath walking two blocks to your car. <laughs> it's, I wasn't out of breath. I was wheezing because I was laughing. I think you guys are funny. It's, it's surreal. Okay? You have created a new paradigm. Uh, for being out of shape, and this is in the pantheon of you know, embarrassing moments. You know, what, you know what some of the new uh, the new punchlines are? We've already talked about the fact that awkward can't be a legitimate punchline anymore. That's right. You know what the up-and-comer is? I've been hearing it everywhere. What do you got? A little bit racist. <laughs> Wait, is it a little bit racist, or that's it? No, I think that's it. So it's like... It's like me. <laughs> Me and my me and my boyfriend, he you know, he's he he's this, he's that and yeah, he's a little bit racist. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's just keep your ears open. That is Wait, everywhere. But can, I, can I tag something with it? Like sure. that's a, that's that's a little bit racist. Does it have to be preceded with the with the noise? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. It's a little bit racist. He's a little bit racist. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's gonna catch. It's gonna catch like wildfire. All right, all right. We're, let's get back to the NBA and NHL free agency. <laughs> that's yeah, a little bit racist. That's a little bit racist. It is because I put the NHL first. See, it's a little bit racist. Yeah. Uh, Peach, we'll talk to you in a bit. Let us know when you get to your car and that you're okay. Okay. We're just going to let the phone ring once. <laughs> ring once when you get to your car. If it rings once, then we know it's good. You're okay. Uh, I love that that's universal. I love it. Right? He's made it safe. Yep. He made it home safe. Now it's now it's text. Right. Or the other the other thing would be um, he would call us collect, and when they ask us to accept the charges, we he would just yell, it's me, it's me. And then we would say no. <laughs> and we know he's good. Well, that was the college move. Yeah, we I high school too. I used to do that. Oh, that was no, that was four years of college for me. You know what? You didn't have a Miami Vice cell phone in high school. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> the size of a Buick again with the Buick. Why is the Buick wow. measuring stick today? <laughs> what well, what's with the Buick? Isn't the Chevy supposed to be the large vehicle? Like the Chevy, size of a Chevy. Hey. This is uh, our country. What's the country? This is our country. 
God, annoying car commercials. That was rough. Somebody that left was... the gate open, though, by the way. <sighs> Do you know that that's a, that's real? Yes. You you know that, right? That's a that's a professional rock climber that right. was cast that was cast in that commercial. It's remarkable. I first I don't think it sounds anything like somebody saying somebody left the gate open. Sorry. It is though. That's those are the words though. But it sounds like somebody left the dryer on. It sounds like on. No. Somebody left the gate on. Does not sound like gate open. It doesn't. Maybe maybe the gate on. Somebody left the gate on. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. No, but that's what it sounds like. It does. It does not sound like open. All right. Can you tell how much we want to talk about the NBA and NHL free agents? Let's talk about it because we got some big doings going on here. Cal, don't yell at me. I get very flustered. This is this period right after July first is is like a bonanza if you are a an NBA fan or an NHL fan. Let's start. Yeah, it is. Let's start with the NHL and this uh, Zach Parise and uh, uh, Suter going to the Minnesota Wild out of right. nowhere. Uh, Zach Frise holds a, a, a press conference the other day and pulls like a, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to take a little more time to think about it. Everybody has him going to the Penguins, like dead to rights, going to the Penguins. Done deal. Right. Done deal. He's either going to the Penguins, maybe signs back with the Devils, but probably not. And, uh, you know, Zach The Flyers were in the mix. And the Flyers were in the mix. And then all of a sudden, the Minnesota Wild go all Corleone on us and make him and Suter offers they can't refuse. 13 years, $98 million for each guy. Right. It's like matching offers. Matching. They signed basically essentially the same deal. They're, it's exactly the same deal, and I believe... Holy cow. And I believe... I, 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 I don't know exactly how it played out. I know Parisi is from Minnesota. Yes. So so the lure of coming back home was what brought him back. And I think Ryan Suter was also going to sign with Minnesota. And he said, you got to come and play in Minnesota. And I think that was a package deal. And then Parisi in the negotiation said, well, listen, I want to make sure that Suter gets exactly what I get. Right. So they... So so they... It's weird. I mean, and, and, and it's weird because this seems to be a little bit of a trend now with, with multiple players kind of joining up and going places. Well, this is, I mean, it's its hockey, so, you know, it's the NHL, so people aren't going to get as excited about it, Cal, but this is like the version of Dwayne Wade and LeBron. I mean, this really is. This is A, li- it, a little bit, because Minnesota doesn't have a guy there. Right, they don't have the Dwayne Wade there. I understand that, but this is guys talking as free agents about going to the same team. Right. And, like, getting to, like, colluding to go to the same team. And it's 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 sort of this new phenomenon. Yeah, and 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 it extended to the NHL and I thought it was great. I mean, I thought you're okay with it? I'm great with it. I just love that they didn't go to like the Penguins or the Rangers or Oh yeah. You know, first of all, as an Islander fan, I'm glad they're out of the East. You know, right. but 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 bigger, I'm glad it wasn't a big market team that was able to do this. I mean, Minnesota is not a big market team, yet it is a hockey hotbed. That team should be doing better than it is. But that's, but that's, you know, that to your point, Steve, it's good for the NHL if Minnesota has a good team. Of course, it's great for the NHL. Exactly. So I, I, I think it's great. You know, again, 
this is but you know what happened, Cal? That's exactly what Scott wanted the Islanders to do. Our buddy, my brother Scott, who's the biggest Islander fan, short of us, signing he, both of them. He wanted he he said it last week, like right before free agency opened. He said, "Here's my dream: they go to Parise, uh, Parise and, and Suter, and they say uh, they give him the 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 Corleone deal, the offer they can't refuse, and they 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 go both of them. You know, ten years, ninety million; ten years, hundred million. Here you go, sign both of you." And he's like, you know what? Scott said it to me yesterday, and he's right. If they had an arena, and if they had that situation settled, they could have. Yeah, you're right. They well, could've. you know, not for nothing, they could now, too. They have the money to do that. But they, but no guy is going to come here, Cal. I agree. Guys, the guys aren't. It's, 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 the, it's the arena. No guy is going to come here. Brad Boys came. Yes. And so did Matt Karkner. Matt Karkner came. Hey, look. You know, Islander-wise, what he's done... Eric Wilson came. Yes. What he's done is good. What he's done is good. I think what Garth Snow has done this offseason is good. I think he's done a good job with what he has to work with. And what he has to work with is a 45-year-old arena that stinks and nobody wants to play in it. And the lease is up in 2015, and they don't know if the team's going to be there. So you go to some big free agent and say... Hey, come on on board. We don't uh, know if we'll have a home. It's going to be awesome. Well, you, know, you go back a couple of years, they were going to the big-time free agents when they did have a home, but they didn't like the home. That's right. You know, they had Ryan Smith. He played for them for, for a month and a half. Yep. And they, uh, they, he they wanted tried, no... They tried desperately to sign him back. Wanted no part of coming back. Paul Martin in Pittsburgh. Yep. Wanted no part of it. Yep. The other guy uh, in, in Buffalo. Christian Erloff. Erhoff. Yep. So, I, I mean, this is a, an ongoing problem with the Islanders, but look, they're four years into this rebuild. It's And we'll talk hockey, obviously, when the season gets closer and stuff, because I'm excited for this season. It's all going to come down to what they do with the goaltender, who they take for the top six defensemen, and then if the kids step up another year. Now, you, they're still talking about Bobby Ryan, Cal. Yeah, I saw that. They're in on Bobby Ryan, and I think that he would just add a, a huge punch of legitimacy to the team. Absolutely, but do you do you go to what they're asking? Have you what seen they, what they're asking? No, what are they asking? Niederreiter, DeHaan, Strom, and our first next year. That's a lot. You can't make that trade, Bri. You can't. That's a lot. Um, you know what? You know why I wouldn't make it. Take Strom out and I'm good. Strom, exactly. He's the kid. Take Strom out. Put Bailey in. Put uh, Akpo, even and I love Akposo. Put Akposo in. Yeah, but they want they're gonna want a center. Right, but not Strom. No, nah, I don't think I, I don't think I could do it for Strom. You know, I'll give them uh, their first for the next two years and Nino and Dahan. You got but, it. Sold. I mean, you know what though? Throw Bobby, in Mayfield. Bobby Ryan is good. And he, makes, um, and he makes them contenders now, and none of those kids make them contenders now. I know. I know. DeHaan might be an injury problem, too. Yeah, he might be injury prone. I think Mayfield, they like May, they might like Mayfield better. Let's not, let's not become Islanders point blank here, because... I know. You know, we there'll be a time for that. We'll do an Islander podcast. I don't even care. I don't even know. I don't even care. When the season gets here, we're doing an Islander podcast. Let's do it from the arena, too. 
And we'll be the only people there. I'm sure they'll let us in. Yeah, so we'd have no problem doing that. Uh, hey, let's, but let's, Do you want to shift gears to the NBA? I do, because the uh, last thing on the NHL free agency, though, I love that it had some juice. I love that these guys, like, that was big news. Yeah. It worked out really well for the NHL that these two guys did this and decided to go to Minnesota and didn't. If they had just gone to Pittsburgh or one of them went to Pittsburgh, it would be a non-story. The fact that they chose to go together to Minnesota is great for the NHL. What you know? What 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 do you think about the fact that they are not supposed to make any any deals until uh, July first at twelve o'clock, right? Right. And some of these deals were being signed within an hour of of, of July first at twelve o'clock. You mean to tell me that these people have not been talking? Prior, to, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to talk to anybody before July 1st. But they can. But you can whip up a deal in 45 minutes. <laughs> I uh, something stinks in something's rotten in Denmark. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's a, it's a little thing that, that kind of like at least in the NBA there's a, there's an 11 day moratorium where you right. can kind of talk about deals and and you can agree to deals in principle. But you can't make any actual deals. For eleven days, right? In the NHL, it's just like you know, it's like it's almost like <laughs> when you watch those shows with the brides that are trying to get the dress, and they're all lined up at the door, right? Yeah, that's an, right, odd, right, right. an odd analogy. But if you think about it, like all the GMs are lined up, and then at twelve o'clock they open the doors, and then they come running in, and right, with forty-five con- minutes with contracts in hand, right? They're they're just waving them frantically, you know. <laughs> forty-five minutes later, they got three guys. Right. How does that happen? Well, I think obviously uh, somebody's talking. Well, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it, but it's no, it's just funny. Like it's it's one of those deals where you're like, let's just fess up here, folks. Let's be honest. Right. You know, let's let's be honest. You've yeah. talked. It's okay. I don't. The charade is not is not necessary. Right. Why would the sh- you know the facade? Right. You know, it was it was all a facade. Garth Snow obviously is shopping over at the uh, at the thrift store though. That's you know, right. like everybody's going to Macy's and Bloomingdale's, and Garth Snow is over at Target. Right. Like, Where, how come nobody's over here? <laughs> nobody, nobody on this line. I got in really quick. I don't know what. Oh you look, know. A, a gritty third line center. Oh, look, a sixth defenseman. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, another Nobody, nobody's even here for this guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I got I got in and out in like twenty minutes. It's great. <laughs> that I could believe. Right. Um, NBA. I uh, whoa whoa. I, I am fascinated. Again, I think I like this better than the season. Oof ah. So, real quick, Steve Nash is a Laker. Steve Nash is a Laker. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, went crazy. Brooklyn Nets go nuts. So they 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 trade for Joe Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. That helps them sign uh, uh, Deron Williams, right? Um, other way around. Joe Johnson. They signed Deron, Darren Williams. Darren Williams. And the Joe Johnson trade was contingent on the fact that they signed Williams, and then Johnson was like, okay, I'll go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wouldn't you think Darren Williams has more leverage there? 
Uh, he did have leverage. He was he was thinking of going to Dallas. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was the other way around. Either way, they have to go get Dwight Howard now, right? Well, but they might not have enough to get Dwight Howard. That's the problem. Because because bringing you, you got to give up the farm. I mean, you give up well, everything. But they, but they gave up a lot to get Joe Johnson, and then they went and they paid Darren Williams. So now right. they're short on assets and money to right. get Dwight Howard. So that might not happen, even though Dwight Howard and our buddy Nello called yeah. it perfectly earlier in the week the quintessential modern-day athlete. He has dictated that he wants to go to Brooklyn. He's not a free agent, mind you. No. So he really has no say in the matter. But he has decided, yeah, yeah I'm going to play for Brooklyn. He's also gotten a coach fired. He got a coach fired. He may have gotten like a GM fired. I mean, he's just been, he's, he's really covered himself in glory down there. He has held an entire city hostage. Right. And it's and, the happiest place on earth. Right. And he's never won a thing. He has not won a thing? Never won a thing. However, but by, but he, by all accounts, he's a good guy. Yes. He goes, he goes to Brooklyn, though, Cal. They're good. You know, they're good even without him. But, yeah, but I mean, that's they they become the second or third best team in the East. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you put around them. Well, it depends. Depends on what Boston winds up doing. I, I think I think they're right there with Chicago. Then, if you if you put Howard on that team, they're better than the Knicks. Ways, well, that well, let's talk about our beloved Knicks. Otherwise, we may be Nets fans next year. Well, this is now. This is we do have the opportunity. This is our chance. That if we wanted to, if we wanted to switch, we can do it now. Because it, it you know it, it it's part of the rule. It has to be this season. Has to be now. If a team comes to your where you live, right, right. And you were you were many years a Brooklyn native. That's correct. So if anybody has has a has a, an opening there, it, it certainly is you. That's and your and your NB set. Your <laughs> sorry. Your NBA love is definitely open. Take that, PJ. Nice. Uh, yeah, my yeah, I I am up for grabs. If Brooklyn wants to make a really strong, you know, if they want to make a pitch for, it, I'm a free agent right now. Right. I, I could easily sign back with the Knicks. They have me on an offer sheet. That's all nice. Yeah, but look, they've already gone to the black uniforms, so that that always gets the kids. Yes, I do like the retro logo though. Got to be honest with you. Yeah. A couple of guys in the office are, uh, uh, went into like Models on the first day, and just bought everything. <laughs> Literally, like they've been wearing Brooklyn Nets T-shirts, hats, and stuff for like a, two months now. Every day, I was like, "Did you buy? What did you go there and buy everything?" Well, I like it. Let, um, me, ask you, let me ask you this, though. I'm a free agent here, Cal. Let me ask you this: the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Islanders. Oh my. Could you see yourself just becoming, you know, dual citizen of of the Barclays Center? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I'd go in. Could happen. That would that would cinch it. That would cinch it. I mean, right. they'd they'd stay the New York Islanders, but right. I don't think they'd be called the Brooklyn Islanders. Right. But. They wouldn't. They wouldn't need to. They're still the New York Islanders. But, but let's but let's talk about the Knicks though. If yeah, <laughs> I mean, what. Do you okay? Do you pay for Lynn? All right, now they, so, now they they signed Jason Kidd today. Yeah, well let's let's back up. Let's back up a little bit. Let's go back and play this all out. 
Um, All right. The first thing that happened was that the Knicks were interested in Steve Nash. Yes. They were looking to do a sign and trade for Steve Nash uh, with Phoenix, and Phoenix was very interested in Landry Fields. Yes. Part of as part of a trade. Now, backing up a little bit further, the Knicks don't have enough money to offer Steve Nash a contract via the traditional free agent route. Correct. All they had was the five million dollar mid level ex- exception. Not enough to get Steve Nash, so they got creative. They were going to do a sign and trade. That's right. Enter the Toronto Raptors, who also wanted Steve Nash. Who also wanted Steve Nash, a Canadian. <sighs> yes. Like yourself. He's a full-blooded Canadian. He's, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm nothing like Steve Nash. You're a little like Steve Nash. He's much more Canadian than me. You may be as tall as Steve Nash. I might be. That's true. So now Toronto... You've certainly had better hairstyles than Steve Nash. Well... Not by much. Not by much, no. And and in some years, maybe not even. You've struggled in some years. I'll be honest. You've yeah. struggled. I think I think we've, we're, we're at a good spot now, though. I think you're at an excellent spot in that it's still there. It's still there. But Steve Nash still has it, too. But anyway, that notwithstanding, <laughs> Toronto then goes and offers, uh, signs Landry Fields to an offer sheet, three years, $20 million, which is just crazy pants. Yeah, for him, yeah. $20 million for Landry Fields, who who disappeared, you know, for weeks yeah, on end. Was, was on the back of a milk carton during the playoffs, yes. just Just, you know... Enormously talented, but just a complete enigma when it came a, down to a, it. A nice little player. Nice little player. You know, could but, potentially be a really nice seven, six or seven or eight guy. So the idea yeah. was if Toronto gets Landry Fields, the they Knicks, then right. well they they then will be able to uh, trade Landry Fields to Phoenix for Steve Nash in the sign and trade, and the Knicks wouldn't have anybody left to trade. I didn't think they. I don't think they needed Landry Fields for a sign-and-trade, Cal. I think they had enough money to offer Steve Nash. I think they were just trying to take away the Knicks' that leverage. Was a, it was a block? Yeah, that's like right. Jim J. Bullock for the block? It was <laughs> It was Whoopi Goldberg for the block. I'll take Alf for the win. Ha! Ah, ah, ha! Yo, Willie! So, um, all right. So I look now, at it like it's a cat, and I'm hungry. Ow! I would I would be willing to bet everything that I own that PJ has a great Alf impression. I we'll find out. We'll find out later. Yep, we'll find out. Your, yours was good though. Thank you. That was <laughs> the cat. <laughs> Always with the cat. All right. Yeah. So so. So Toronto signs Landry Fields to an offer sheet. The Knicks have to decide whether they're going to match it or not. Obviously, they're not going to match it, but now they come up with a deal where they could trade Iman Shumpert to right. Phoenix, which is, you know, that's a little it's a little risky, too, because Shumpert uh, proved himself to be quite a nice little player in his rookie season last year. You're talking about a big disparity between Landry Fields and Iman Shumpert as, Huge. Far, as far as ceiling goes. Sure, Shumpert is, is is a borderline starter at this point in his career. If he's healthy, he could be the he could oh, be your starting shooting guard. Yeah, he's going to be the two next year if he's healthy. Right. So now that's the deal that we think is going to happen. The Knicks could trade Shumpert to Phoenix for Nash, right. but then the Lakers come in out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and you know appeal to the sensibilities of Steve Nash, who has family 
in Los Angeles. His kids right. live in L.A. Right. He is from Phoenix. Not from Phoenix, but he has a home in Phoenix. It's a it's a quicker visit to his kids. Yep. Yep. Um, and the chance to play with Kobe Bryant and a better team, quite frankly, than the Knicks. Yep. And and right away he says, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Lakers." <laughs> so now everybody's like, "What? Well, what happened?" So right now, both the Knicks and Toronto are like Toronto's stuck with Landry Fields at right. three years and twenty million dollars. Right. And the Knicks are now without Landry Fields, no Steve Nash, and let's keep in mind too, while this is going on, Cal Jeremy Lin is out shopping. Right. So now Houston has signed Jeremy Lin to an offer sheet, and correct me if I have the numbers right. Four years, twenty-eight million. I thought it was thirty-five. Could be thirty-five million. It's a lot. It's a lot of money that they they have for a guy who's played twenty-five meaningful games. He hasn't. Yeah, he has not even played a uh, a half a season. And the majority. Somebody brought this up today. I might have. I I want to say it's Catino. That was Carlin. Was it Carlin that he played? All of those games were in the system of a coach that was fired. That's correct. That's right. So the Knicks now have this choice. Do we sign back the guy who who makes us a gazillion dollars off the court in Jeremy Lin? But but we don't know if he's going to be a great point guard by any means. We don't know if he fits this team. The coach that he had all the success under is gone. Right. And uh, it's going to cost us $35 million. And uh, actually, $39 million. $39 million, even better. Yeah. So they went and got Jason Kidd. <laughs> so then they go and they sign Jason But now it doesn't necessarily preclude them from signing Lynn. No, bringing Lynn. Jeremy Lynn back. But what do, do you, you do now? Do you? <clears throat> I was just going to ask you the same question. I, I, I don't know if I can go. What is it? Three years, $39 million for Jeremy Lynn? Four, four years. Four years. I, mean, I don't know if I am. You just gave Jason Kidd three years. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Although I was a huge proponent of them getting Nash and keeping Lynn. Right, but Nash I is thought, better than I, Kidd at this point. Right? Yes, but I also thought that you need a point guard like that to play with Lynn. This way, over the next year or two, Lynn only has to play 15, 18 minutes a night. Right. You know what I mean? And Kid can put, well, or Nash, I was thinking originally, Nash could play 30 minutes, Lynn could play 18, and all of a sudden you have a very potent point guard com- uh, combination there. Both guys who should learn to play the pick and roll with Amari, you know, or be able to give uh, Carmelo Anthony the ball. So I, other, I sort of feel the same way about Kid. Your other cost effective option is to go, is to bring Raymond Felton back. Bring Raymond him, Felton back. Who, him with Kid. Who. You know, got got off pretty well with Amari. He did eventually. You know, I you like Raymond Felton? You're like you you know the Garden bosses though. Cal are looking at this and going, wait, you know how many Insanity T-shirts we sold? Yeah, I can't I can't see them letting him go. I can't. I can't. This I tell you, this whole NBA free agency thing has been. Fascinating. I've been checking about, it every day. I'm about Ray Allen visiting the Heat? Visiting the Heat. I had this great conversation with uh, our FedEx guy at work, Cal. Oh. 
we call him uh we have the same FedEx guy every night. FedEx is a very big part of our our company. Sure. And uh our late FedEx guy comes at about four o'clock or five oh, o'clock. I thought you were gonna say that he died. No, 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 no. He's the late guy. Oh, I thought there was like <laughs> no, 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 you have guy. a new FedEx guy because the previous one is it was unfortunately gone. Yeah, no, 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 no. <sighs> Later in the day. Okay. Right. The early guy, the late guy. Right. Uh we call him uh XL. He's a really big guy. Big guy. Okay. So we call him X. And he I sit right by the door. So uh I talk to X all the time. Really good sports fan, huge basketball fan. Uh and and so every day, you know, he'll come in and maybe we'll throw this around, we'll talk about the NBA. And he talks about the NBA with all the production guys that I've talked about before. But I'll jump in every once in a while. And the other day we were talking about Nash. Uh, and coming to the Knicks, you know, this was before the Laker stuff, right? And I said we started talking about the idea, Bry, of where do you go if you are Nash? So you've gotten to this point in your career, you've never won a championship, you're a Hall of Fame player, okay? You have the, the Knicks can only offer you say six million dollars a year, okay? And please always keep in mind when we say the word only when we talk about sport. Sporting contracts. Please, please keep it in mind in the context that we understand it's a ridiculous amount of money. Of course, but uh, do you go to the Knicks where you maybe have a better shot at a title, or do you go to the Raptors where they can offer you thirty-six million over three years or something like that for like the really big payout? Like, what's more important to you? You're 39 years old. And X was making the argument, look, I don't care about the championship. I'm 39 years old. It's my last big payday. I'm getting the $36 million. You know, as opposed to the six, because I'm, I'm you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I, there's a great website, you know, there was one for baseball, there's one for football, there's one for basketball called basketball-reference.com. And one of the things on Basketball Reference, Cal, it has career earnings for every oh. NBA player. Guess how much Steve Nash has made in his NBA career? This is without a dollar of marketing. Steve right? Nash in his NBA career? Mm. I'm not sure. $30 million? No, no, no. His NBA career. How much N- it has he made from NBA contracts? His in contracts? His in his, in his... It's 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 staggering. Staggering. Tell me tell me what it is. Hundred and twenty eight million dollars. That's a lot. Hundred and twenty eight million dollars he has made just in NBA contracts. That is without dollar one of you got you got to do this sometime. If you really want to get depressed, go to basketballreference.com and look at the career earnings of some of these guys. I'm going to punch up Nash right now. I'm going to punch up Nash cuz I think I'm underestimating it. To be honest with you. Just what they have made in their NBA careers. Okay, you ready? Yeah, Here's Steve Nash. 119 million $35,120. Okay? And and here's how it tops out. You ready? 
first season is 1996, right? These are his salaries by year. 916,000, 1.5, 1., or uh, 1,053, 1.19, 5.5, 5.5, 5.75, 5.75. You, you should be doing this like Francesca. 8.75, 9.625, 10.5, 11.375, 12.25, 13.125, 10.310, 11.689. Okay, $119 million that is without a dollar of merchandising. Don't cry for me, Steve Nash, then. Is that what you're saying? So I said to X at this point, I said, just FYI, he's made $119 million in his NBA career. That's without one sneaker contract. I think he goes for the ring. I think you could take $6 million for a year and go win a ring. Well, but the other thing, if you talk about Toronto as the option, he could be a national hero. A national hero, fine, but he's never going to win a ring there, and that's all he hasn't done in his career. So he brought up, so X brought up Ray Allen to me today. So I said, okay. He said Ray Allen has a ring. So what's his excuse for going to the Heat, where he might not make as much? You know, like why wouldn't Ray Allen, who's got a ring, go get the most money? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't know. Let's see how much Ray Allen has made. Let's let's take a look. Who's, did you look? Did you look up Ray Allen? I I I did. And Ray Allen's only made a hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. Only. So he's made fifty million dollars more than Steve Nash. Cal, the basketball contracts are ridiculous. Ridiculous. A lot of money. Ridiculous. Ray Allen who you could argue has never even been a top 10 player in the league. Right? I mean, you can make that argument. Okay, maybe he's been a top 10 scorer a couple years. Okay. Ray Allen has made $178 million. That's a lot of money. Just in basketball money. Where does it come from in the NBA? I'm telling you, spend an afternoon looking at it. Kobe Bryant's made $220 million just from basketball. By that, I believe. He makes like $25 million a year. Right. $220 million, Brian? With, if you put on calm estimates of his marketing over those years, and you put that at $50 million, Kobe Bryant's made over a quarter of a billion dollars playing basketball. I mean, come on. Come so what are you, are you so are you saying that they should always go for the ring because they I'm, make so I'm, much money? I'm saying these guys at this point. How could it not be all about titles? That's all you have left. So it's you know what? Some people it's it's about money and and they will forsake the title for as much money as they can possibly get. Now look, X X made a great point. He said, "You don't know what he spent that on." He he may he may only have ten dollars of that left. You don't know. Like you don't know how if he was awful with money. You don't know. You know maybe he, maybe he was terrible with money. Maybe he's gone through that. You know in 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 two weeks. Who knows? That's a good point. Jason Kidd, one hundred and eighty four million five hundred eighty five thousand four hundred sixty eight dollars. 
<laughs> he comes to the Knicks for six million. That's okay. Nine million, yeah. Nine million, right? He made ten million last year, and now he's only making three million this year. That's quite a pay cut. Yeah, but who cares? He made one hundred eighty-five million dollars. Right, right. But 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 so he thinks he's got a better chance to win with the Knicks than with Dallas. Maybe, or he wants to play. Uh, you know, wants to play in New York. You know, he played for New Jersey. Now he wants to play with the Knicks. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean. All I'm saying is, my final point in the final analysis, and now I want to move on to the fun loop, or at least okay. the Mets and Yankees at the break and then the fun loop, um, is this. With certain guys in the NBA, okay, it, do, it doesn't – money is not the reason to go somewhere. Now, now, Jeremy Lin, it's the sole reason. If you're Jeremy Lin, you take the absolute most money that's offered to you, okay, because you may never you you may never make that kind of money. A guy that's, like a guy like Jason Kidd, he's going to New York because it's New York. That's it. He's won a championship. He's got nothing left to prove. He wants to play New York. Yeah. It, it, like you can't question like Steve Nash. Steve Nash does not need to make money. He's good. He should be he should be all set. If anybody's good, it should be him. You're right. I mean, it's just... I don't know. Well, look. (laughs) So anyway, in the final analysis with the NBA free agency, there are a myriad of reasons that these guys should go from one place to another. You know, it's not just all about money. uh, To me, you know? But, but, and and that's all well and good. But we it, we're it's not up to us to decide, and I agree with you. No, absolutely not. I'm just I'm I'm saying when you start to think about like why does Steve Nash go to the Lakers for whatever he went to the Lakers for, instead of going to Toronto for thirty six million dollars, that's because he wants a championship and he's already made a hundred and twenty million dollars. And he wants to be near his kids. And I he wants that. to be near his, exactly again another ancillary reason that has nothing to do with money. Like Steve Nash from that hundred and twenty million dollars should be set for life. He should be pretty good. His kids should be fine. You know, if he cleared sixty million of that, he should be okay. Mm. Anyway, uh, how about those Mets? Oh, last thing on the free agency though, Cal. Do you or don't you sign Lynn? I didn't get an answer. I'm. In, I think I'm entitled. You're entitled to an answer. I want the truth. Well, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> that was really good. Let's try it again. Isn't, isn't that how it goes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> cut. That was really, really good. Let's just... Jack, what do you need? You need a little more incredulousness? I think a little more. <laughs> Jack, let's try this again. I, I, can't, I can't do Nicholson. Come on. You do it. Come on. Do it. No. If I do it, I'll start it and I'll do the whole speech. That's true. And we do not have time for that. We do not have time for that. We have to bring PJ back to tell us about his food poisoning. We have to talk about the Mets and the Yankees at the break. We have to talk about the All-Star game. Otherwise, you're going to weep openly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mets-Yankees at the break. Let's do this real quick. Mets, uh, we told you so. Okay. Yankees, uh, no. Seriously, with the Mets, look – 
We're not going away. What can you say? You've lowered your expectations. I did. So, so you're you're going to be fine the rest of the season. I'm fine. Yeah. I, I don't I don't allow a, a loss here or there to get me down. Right. I or, what I was going to tell you before is it's not that my expectations are raised or I'm setting myself up for a big fall or something like that. My expectations have have match what the team is. You told me that it's about something different now for you. This yes, it is. Now about something. What is what is it about now for you? It's it's about what I see on the field. It's about what I legitimately see on the field. Like what they are as a team after 83 games or 82 games, what they are as a team. And so my expectations are based on that. And I expect them to be competitive uh, the rest of the season for for a playoff spot. Okay. Uh, so my expectations are not lofty. It's just it's not about like expectations anymore, or that that I'm so invested in one game or, or whatever. I'm now like a regular fan of like a good team. Where it's like you're going to win a few, you're going to lose a few. It's going to happen. Well, let's hold on. Let's back up a little bit to the 11-1 victory the other night, you expected 5-1. and one. No, 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 no. 26 games, did you not? No, no, no. I wanted, and let's tell people what we're talking about here because that was completely out of left field, but it's a great example of what where I am with this team. All right. I would love 5-1, and one. okay? Uh-huh. I expected 4-2. and two. In these last six games before the break, they had three games with the Phillies and three games with the Cubs, uh, all at home going into the All Star break. You're, that's right. I'm 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 pulling it up right now. I would love five and one. I expect four and two. Three and three is a disappointment. That's right. That's okay. where I am with this team because right. because that's what I think they are. Okay. I think they're the four and two team, so I expect that. I think in six games against the Phillies and the Cubs, they should win four of those games. That's fair, I think. With the pitching staff that they have and with the lineup that they have, with Ike Davis coming on and finally resembling a major league hitter, with Daniel Murphy getting hot again, with David Wright having a a fantastic season, uh, with the the way that Hairston hits lefties, um, do they need a right-handed bat? Desperately. Absolutely. Well, that's Jason Bay. Right. Do they need bullpen help? Uh, help? Absolutely. That's but, Frankie Rodriguez. But with that, ew. But with that starting rotation, Bry, six games against the Cubs and the Phillies, and John Neese, who's been every bit fantastic for the month of June as that third starter, starting two of those games, I and and R. A. Dickey and Johan Santana starting two other games, I expect to win four of those games. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's they are. To me. Okay. You know, so, and, so they are they are they are a team as currently constituted that can contend for a playoff spot. I think so. Okay. The way this, I finally feel like a regular baseball fan again. Mm-hmm. With this team. You know, like a like like a, like a, not on austerity. You know, not a. <laughs> Not uh, you know, not hating uh, this guy or not liking that guy. I really like this team. They're fun to watch every night. I'm invested. Well, that's for sure. 
I'm invested in every game. But it's not just because they're a scrappy bunch of underachievers anymore. Overachievers. Uh, overachievers. Underachievers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to watch the scrappy bunch of underachievers. <laughs> Worst cartoon hero ever. You can't be scrappy and an underachiever at the same That's time. Correct. You, yeah, can you do that? Can you be a scrappy underachiever? Man, if only they could reach their potential, but they're doing it in such a scrappy way. Right. They are clawing to just under what they can be capable of doing. I like that. I think we, we just discovered an oxymoron. Scrappy underachiever. That is an oxymoron. Is the new jumbo shrimp. Without a doubt. Um. Okay, so, yeah, that's right. I finally feel like I'm rooting for a regular team. I'm okay. not thinking uh, – I think they're going to be in uh, buyers in the trade market. However, huh, lo and behold, I trust the GM not to sell off, you know, Scott Casimir. You know, I, I, I trust that we're not bringing in, you know, Victor Zambrano. Right. You know, and that and that Wheeler, Harvey, uh, Mejia, Familia are not going anywhere. No, I would I would be stunned if they went anywhere in a deal this year. If you're trading uh, Harvey or Wheeler, you better bring back Albert Pujols as the right-handed bat for the lineup. Right. So anyway, that's where the Mets are at the break. Uh, they have three games left with the Cubs. They're seven games over 500. They picked up a game on the Nats tonight who lost. Uh, so they're uh, uh, three and a half out of first place. They're... I think in first place for the wild card, if not first place. Uh, half a game behind, depending what right. Pittsburgh did. Well, there's two Pittsburgh. spots. Yeah, Pittsburgh. How well, they Going into tonight, they were a game behind Pittsburgh and a half a game behind the Giants. For the for the wild card. For either of the two spots. Well, those were the two. Yeah, those the the top two were Pittsburgh, and and the I, Giants. I thought Pittsburgh was in first place. Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Pittsburgh right. did move into first place. How about Pittsburgh? Nine games over 500 for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, good. I'm happy for them. Aren't you happy yeah, for them? I guess. I have I have residual pirate hate Man, that will, that will never go away ever. It's such a long time though. And you know what? I don't like Steeler fans. I don't yeah. like fans of the from. I have a lot of friends who are big pirate and Steeler fans. Don't care for them. I love I love the guys. They're very difficult to put up with. They're big Penguins fans. Yeah. You know, Lemieux had to put that stupid statue out in front of his uh, stupid arena, and he's got to be going through two Islanders. Two Islanders on the statue. You're still a little bitter about David Volick? <laughs> I don't care for Pittsburgh, Cal. The Steelers beat beat the Jets in an AFC championship game. The Pirates kept the Mets out of the playoffs in 1991. I don't care for them. Wow. They could lose for another 20 years for all I care. Wow. That's okay. right. I said it. Okay. All right. I said it. Slow Enough. Enough now. They did not pick up a game on Washington. Washington won that game. They came back and won that game? They won that game 6-5. So they picked up a game on San Francisco. Right. But they were down 4-1. Oh, wow. And they came back and won. Washington, Washington, they're not going away. All right. Good. Fine. Bring them on. Bring them on. Uh, imagine a three-game set with the Nats. In September, that means something for both clubs. That's going to be fun. It's just not the Nats ruining the Mets season again. Oh, I hate the Nats. I do. It's good, good. I'm I'm ready for it. Very, very quickly starting to hate them. You're right. Yes, very easily. 
Uh, and the Yankees at the break, what can you say? You know, they, they've uh, they've endured this uh, Pettit Sabathia thing. Uh, Andy Pettit's going to take his little sabbatical here, as, as he's done when he came back two years ago. Same thing. Take, yeah, but he's hurt. Take a couple weeks off in the summer, though, Cal. You know, maybe go study abroad. You know, maybe he'll do a little uh, missionary work, something. You know, a little sabbatical. Come back fresh through the playoffs, September. You know what? They're starting to stretch it out in the East. They're five games up on Baltimore, seven up on Tampa. Yep. So... Thanks. Big four-game set with the uh, – or three-game set with the Sox this weekend. Yep, up in Boston. Up in Boston. Leading into they, the break. That was a big series for the Rays, though, Cal, to get two out of three in that series. Yeah, it was It was big. To hang around a little bit. They they could have used the sweep for sure. Sure. But if they ever get uh, Evan Longoria back, uh, you know, they could, they could make a run because that pitching is very, very good. But – the biggest surprise in baseball, besides the Mets, has to be the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates are the biggest surprise. The Orioles are still around. The Orioles still still being around is a surprise. Uh, Washington being this good? Yeah. Yeah. Surprise? Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the Phillies being this bad. The White Sox? White Sox surprise. are a surprise, sure. Robin Ventura? Yep. We love him. We thought that was happening. I did. I did. did. You thought he'd be a good manager? I did think he'd be a good manager. I see I never I never would have thought of him as a manager. The only reason, Brian, is because I always liked him. Oh yeah, I always liked him too, but I never like I never would have thought of him in that role. He didn't uh seem to be managerial timber to you? I you know, maybe a hitting coach. Right. Never like the leader of a of a group. <laughs> never a leader of men. Never. No. <laughs> Let's uh, before we get to the fun load. Let's bring PJ back in for a second. PJ, are you there? I'm here. If you can hear me, uh, we 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 can. Are you in your car? Are you okay? I'm good. I made it. That's what she said. Wow. It's a little bit racist. <laughs> it's a little bit racist. I, See, that's, I, look, that's I, funny, and that's going to stay funny as long as you don't watch any TV. But once you start watching some TV, you watch a little New Girl, you watch a couple other little shows, a little Big Bang and all that, you're going to start hearing that line over and over again. You're like, oh, man, I gave it the racist too much. Right. They ruined it. Peach, why did you get food poisoning? I don't know, because I was a bad boy? I don't know. Why does one get food poisoning? Okay, great. Um, Next question. What? <laughs> How did you get food poisoning? I believe it was the, the very good intentions of my, mother, my mother-in-law, uh, who replaced the 4th of July uh, regulars, you know, like uh little sausage, little hamburger, little hot dog. Uh, she went off to the reservation, and she did the uh, gourmet chicken patty and uh, gourmet veggie patty and uh, mystery meat kielbasa. Oh, boy. She went rogue? Uh, it was a little rogue, and uh, it, everything tasted fine. But then all of a sudden, um, I wasn't happy, PJ. I was sad, PJ. <laughs> Nobody likes sad, PJ. No one likes that guy. Not, uh, last question. How much did the dual treadmill cost? $1,000. Oh, 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's a big hanger. We we use it. We use uh, it, but that doesn't mean I'm in shape. No, that's true. <laughs> and you know, when, I, when, I can but, do push-ups and I can do sit-ups, but it doesn't mean I'm also woefully out of shape. And when were you a proxy? I was a proxy for uh, the head of the sensory lab when I was working at the chocolate factory. A guy named Bob Bloom, uh, a tremendous gentleman uh, in stature, um, <laughs> uh, had to had to go away. He had to go to Canada for for uh, quite a while, and I was uh, just coming into the sensory department, which means I get to taste chocolates and stuff. Um, wow! And and uh, he he gave me some quickie training, and. I basically stood in and was his boat on the sensory panel for a good, I don't know, probably the whole summer. Wow. So you were proxy to taste new chocolates. Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and, you know, talk about what's in them, the depth of the flavor, what was missing. I think I remember this, this period of time. You were very heavy. I was very heavy. <laughs> funny, funny how this preceded by stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the thing we, there, Brian, is, is that he's not kidding. We, I know. We, I know. We, <laughs> we, we taste chocolate and coffee drinks all day long. Yeah. And then, then one then, day I got a headache. Then PJ went pop. Right. Um, so did the snozberries taste like snozberries? Yes. Yes, and I, I can usually taste uh, the difference between uh, a naturally derived berry extract and an artificial one. Uh, right, so some of the perks I, of the job right there. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you right off. If you, if, if you look, if you tell me that you're giving me vanilla and you actually give me vanillin, I'll kill you. I'll rip you to shreds. <laughs> the best cow was when he had this job, he used to get bags of... Chocolate. Yeah. No, no, like, uh, what were they, peas? Like chocolate-covered pretzels or whatever? Like the stuff you find in Ben & Jerry's. Yeah, we provided all the chocolate inclusions to Ben & Jerry's, so I would bring all the chocolate-covered peanut butter pretzels from Chubby Hubby. Right, and, and he did like a bag. Fudge fish from fish food. Like he'd just have like bags of this. And, like, you'd come over there and he'd be like, hey, you want a 17-pound bag of fish food, you know, fudgy? <laughs> I'd be like, I, I can hear you getting fatter. Well, I don't know I don't know if you were at this, but did, were you at the big poker game where the chocolate was a problem? Yes. There was a poker game, we could tell Cal real quick. We had a big poker game, and there must have been about 14 guys there. And there were typical snacks, and we ordered pizza. But I also went a little bit crazy because I had all this chocolate. I made all this chocolate. I made chocolate bark, chocolate with nuts in it, you know, something that's uh, pretty much like a chunky bar. And I had all these chocolate snacks out. And the guys were eating handfuls of chocolate <laughs> and then trying to play cards. <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is disgusting. This is not working. Right. 
Plus, like, from all the sugar, from all the sugar, nobody could sit down. Like, everybody was, like, amped up, like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you, hey, double down, double down, double down. People people (laughs) were bouncing off the walls and sticky like children. I think that was the the night of uh, Three Card Suck It. (laughs) That might have been, no, well, no, three, the original Three Card Suck It was created in college. Oh, really? Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh. We're not going to get too much into that. You can no. just leave that one to the imagination. <laughs> yes, that was the card game that uh, Tom, uh, our buddy Tom Baruch, the big redheaded Polish guy. You know of Tom, of course, of course, Bry, great Jet fan. Uh, we're going to play a little game called Three Cards Suck It. <laughs> you, you get three cards and you can suck it. That was anybody play Three Cards Suck It, Tom? You get three cards and you all can suck it. <laughs> This is very terrible. At that card game, we had one friend, a mutual friend of ours, who went big in on a hand and lost like 60 bucks on one hand. And this was like a nickel and dime game that just grew. Right. And, and right after he lost that hand, someone else was like, there's got to be a limit on this. And everybody decided, all right, well, the limit will be 20 bucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> he never got his money this back. Guy, this guy jumped up from the table and started screaming. He went through every room of the house screaming his head off. I can't believe you let me put in 60 bucks and then you put a limit on the pot. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. That was an epic poker game, too, because I think that was the, uh, the 1977 call. They want their sideburns back. <laughs> that was the Bronx card game, but that that, that was the Bronx card game. Maybe you were remembering was all the card games. What did you like tape record all of them or what? <laughs> there's, uh, there's, I got to hang out with the guys. That was before I really got to hang out with you guys. So I was, uh, oh. I was paying attention. That was one of the great lines of all time, though, because you know what was great about a cow too is before it was used. It was before that became. Uh, that's what she said. Right. You know the you know it was used everywhere in popular culture. I had never heard that before. None of us had. And it was, I laid it that was, out on Eric. Yeah. It was it was PJ just laid it on on their buddy Eric. It was magnificent. Because <laughs> Eric said something something about PJ being fat or something like that. They're like they're old friends, and he came with the, the yeah. yeah 1977 called. They want their sideburns back, and we were like, wow, like it was, it was like a, a revolutionary comedic moment. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Uh, all right. So Peter, Peter, Peter. Was all over the colors. That's right. All right, we're going to do the fun load, darn it. And I, don't going, think, I don't think we can. We're going over. Let's go over time. Yeah. Let's take it to the web. Yeah. Come on. we got to do a little. Okay. I'm doing it. You want to do a separate episode? What do you want to do? You're coming with, Cal. We could do one over the weekend if you want. The veil. Oh, I can't believe I just said a veil. PJ's a veil. Let's do I'm this. Woman is, is telling us to go, so maybe that's what we got to do. Uh, no, you, I promised you that we would do a fun load on the All Star Game, and now I feel bad. It, we're not going to do it with forty five seconds left in the show. No, but we can go over time. It just won't be live. People will have to get the podcast to listen to it. Haven't we asked them to do enough? <laughs> it's an hour and a half. It's Free. And it's two hours, by the way. <laughs> two hours. 
so, sounds like somebody's got to go do their laundry and uh, do some things before midnight. No, that's uh, no, Brian. I Brian will sit here till three o'clock in the morning talking about the All Star game. I know that. Right. I could. Yeah, you, look, you want to do the fun load now? You want to do a special podcast tomorrow? I'll do one tomorrow night. On it. What are we doing? Let's do one nice after the Met game tomorrow night. I, I have no problem. The PG, are you around tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm in. Let's maybe we can even get like uh, Doctor Ray Stat of all people. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a fun topic. It's a great topic. Hey, look, at least I got to tell my proxy story. <laughs> yes, we thank, were, we've been waiting a week for that. Thank goodness. Elect, electrifying, was it? <laughs> all right, let's wrap it then. And then we'll do an all-star game podcast uh, tomorrow night. Love it. So look out for that. All right, boys. Uh, PJ, final unload. Final unload. A super happy birthday to one of my absolute best friends, Frank. He listens to the show. He is one of the funniest guys I know. He is a true mensch. I love him. And happy birthday. Excellent. P- uh, Cal, final unload. Hey, uh, Matt. You got me back in again tonight. That was some win. <laughs> I won't get fooled again. I won't get fooled again, but um, you got my attention. And Mets, you should know that when Cal said that, he took his microphone and swung it around by the cord like 15 times and screamed. I did. Yeah. Looking very much like Roger Daltrey. Uh, my final unload is this. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July, and I hope everybody used it as a time of not just uh, spending time with family and friends and enjoying yourself, but also as a time of some reflection on uh, the freedoms that we do enjoy. And we we're teasing it a little bit, you know, making fun of it a little bit at the top of the show. But uh, I am nothing if not patriotic. I know these two other guys are as well. And uh, we love living in a country that affords us the opportunity to do what we do. Uh, this little podcast on a weekly basis and lots of other things. So... To all the men and women of our armed forces, thank you. To everybody who has served our country, thank you. And to the founding fathers, greatly misunderstood, I might add, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, thank you for standing up uh, for what you believe in. All right. Wow, that was... It was well said. It was a little John Wayne-y. All right. uh, Join us tomorrow night when we do uh, an all-star game podcast. Cal, good night. Good night. You're the best, PJ. Good night. There it was. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yo, Willie. <laughs>